Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Oh, my hungry homies, my taste buds, my culinary comrades, we have done it. We are back. This is House of Carbs, a food podcast on the Ringer Food Channel. My taste buds, you know how we have been getting down here to kick off the 2022 year. We've been doing so voraciously. We've been doing so um, with, with an educational component to the whole thing. We are, we, we are very blessed today. So as you know, we've plowed through many of the cities in the NFL playoffs of 2022. And... Not everybody made the cut. Well, this week we are doing a culinary consolation belly bracket. We are going to give a little shout out to a handful of cities that were either passed over, food items that we didn't give proper attention to, and maybe try and come out with a with a with a loser bracket winner. I don't know how how we're going to do this, but this is this is House of Carbs. You know how we get down. Very special guest this week. Very special guest this week. We broke out. The heavy hitters. We have the heavy lumber. This man is the co-founder and guiding light of Lucky Peach, the brilliant food general, uh, journal that um, R.I.P. no longer exists. He is a major domo media mogul. You know him from Recipe Club. You know him from the Dave Chang show. Those podcasts, you know him from the television shows that are coming up on Hulu involving Dave Chang. He's also... Um, one of my favorite hungry homies, Chris Ying. Welcome to House of Carbs. I'm here. Oh my you god! Made it. I made it across. I made it across the the Chinese wall. I'm here. I'm here on the <laughs> house side. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I I just want to say that for anybody who doesn't believe that you guys have been eating your way through this entire bracket, that you haven't been doing the homework, you guys all look terrible. You look Thank like you. you've just been eating it's... tons of salty, greasy food for weeks. You look terrible. I'm literally sweating right now. I mean, I, you, you could see the sweat on my, my brow. I was over the stove. 
I was there. There was ribs. There's Permonti brothers. The meats need to be griddled. The roll for the lobster roll needs to be softened and buttered with a little bit of heat. Just an amazing experience. Well, Chris Yang, uh, we wanted you for two reasons. One, we wanted to hear from a food expert because while Jacoby and Mallory and Craig and I are all intense lovers of food and have been all over this great country of ours eating, uh, sampling many of, of the finest fares the country has to offer, none of us would hold ourselves out as experts on any of these matters. You, you on the other hand, I, I think qualify. You have cookbooks, you have television shows, you're a genuine food phenomena. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. I'm, there we go. So reason one was that I'm a food phenomenon. What's, what's the other reason that you wanted me over here? To, to, to help us break down whether or not we got it to the right place. Yeah, let's do this. Let's so do AFC, this. the AFC, that's Jacoby's specialty. Uh, and here's how we, how we made it through the Wild Belly weekend. It was Buffalo Wings over New England clam chowder. It was Cincinnati chili over Vegas. Un- undefined, undetermined food item from Vegas. <laughs> Kansas City barbecue over the Permonti Brothers sandwich from Pittsburgh. And the Tennessee hot chicken got a buy because Tennessee earned a buy in the NFL playoffs. So we thought, you know. Which don't ha- think about that too hard because it doesn't really make sense, but that's what we did. <laughs> yeah, right. that's right. Craig's right. Um, any uh, observations around the first round? Uh, so we're here in the Constellation Ladder. I noticed that there's not a bowl of clam chowder sitting in front of me here representing New England. I also noticed that you guys had two clam chowder entries from this in, in this bracket here. You had the clam chowder and then the clam chowder in the bread bowl. Is that right? Well, you guys so just love clam chowder. <laughs> the bread bowl um, occurred in the context of the NFC. That's the San Francisco item of okay. choice. And so it's it was two, the, it's two the teams playing with the same sourdough. offense. Okay. All right. Yeah. And okay. and that, that sourdough was as much as of the prominent, you know, in, deserved as high a, a place on the uh, food ladder as the chowder. I mean, the, the, the sourdough is the thing, right? Yeah, sure. You guys already you guys already took some grief for uh, electing the old bread bowl as the representative from San Francisco. Well, we're gonna get there because we're gonna sit down sure. with Mallory. We're gonna talk. We're gonna have mission burritos. We're gonna now, try and figure get, out what the hell's going on there. Did you get the same pushback on the on the New England clam chowder? Is that why clam chowder has been swapped out here? Why? Why? Are yes, we, yes, yeah. yes. We had many. We have many <laughs> mass holes in our lives, including Jacoby. Yes, and. There is some question as to the, the the main complaint really as it relates to doing clam chowder is Unintended. that there is a, 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 a ton of variants. There's a lot like there's high caliber clam chowder in low, low quality. And, and so having it as the representative item, you know, we had certain criteria that we tried to use to, to help inform our approach on this. And one of those criteria was the purveyors of these various food items competing and elevating that item so that, you know, for instance, the Buffalo wing, everybody in Buffalo that makes a Buffalo wing, it's at a certain standard. We came to understand and what we were told is that that's not necessarily the case with New England clam chowder. I see. Okay. So that's how we, I, I appreciate that we got a lobster roll here. Now, now talk to me about, so we've got Buffalo made it to the Super Bowl, right? Is this Buffalo? Yes. Yeah. Buffalo wings beat out Cincinnati chili, the Tennessee hot chicken, beat out the Kansas City barbecue. I don't know how that happened. And then we had <laughs> Buffalo Wings go up against Tennessee Hot Chicken last week. 
and the Buffalo Wings triumph. Yeah, I think that that's a deserving. I think that's a deserving uh, Super Bowl contender. I think I think Buffalo making it all the way to the to the final there makes sense to me. Now, uh, what we did with this consolation culinary consolation belly bracket was we we did an informal uh, sampling. We took some data sets out of the the social medias, the Twitter sphere, and you know just did this by by numbers of hits and and level of interest. And where we landed on the AFC side was a lot of folks from New England chiming in to tell us that the clam chowder is not the reliable go-to dish, that it's not necessarily representative, that the lobster roll is more uh, ubiquitous and also just better. So, you know, people in New England swear by the lobster roll. The thing that was a challenge for us in trying to, to uh, you know, choose winners and losers, Maine and New Hampshire have a better claim, I think, to the lobster roll than Massachusetts, although Massachusetts serves fantastic lobster rolls out on the Cape all summer long. Um, but we tried just in, in, in figuring out, you know, how to approach this thing. We Foxborough Stadium, Foxborough and the stadium are like pretty close to downtown Boston. So we felt like we had to come up with a dish that was more of a Massachusetts dish than a New England dish. So that was the Method to our madness. Chris Ying, did we get it wrong? No, man. This is an important sandwich. Good. Great. Well, I'm thrilled. So the lobster roll is here. Um, Craig, where do we get this from? McLoon's. McLoon's. McLoon's Lobster Shack. Yep. From Maine, right? Yeah, from South Thomaston uh, on Spruce Head Island. It's, uh, according to my research, you know, looking around at all the local, you know, websites and publications, one of the more acclaimed lobster spots in Maine. And and this version that we're going to consume today is not the kind that features um, mayonnaise. It's not a mayonnaise with celery no. kind of vibe. Just the so classic. This is the main place that serves a Connecticut-style roll. Yeah, just right? butter, yeah. lobster, bread. Got it. Butter, lobster, bread. I can see the butter still on the outside of my of my roll. Um, well, you, obviously, you guys didn't pay instructions, pay attention to the instructions because it, they said to mayonnaise the roll. Yeah. So mayonnaise is not, it's not like a salad but there is mayonnaise involved. I right. also added a healthy amount of pepper because I'm a big pepper guy. I, oh, I love it, Jacoby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I had a little uh, lemon juice. I went ahead. I doctored it a tiny <laughs> look bit. Look at you guys. Look at you. Why not? Look creative well, culinary. Wanna, you here. know, evoke our, our, our summer experience with, Here's with the question. lobster roll. So they gave, us, they gave us a little tub of butter, right? I think it was probably like two or three ounces of butter. What yeah. percentage of your butter did you use? How a much third. of that butter has gone? A third for both yeah. sandwiches or for one? I just made one. Okay. A third. Never ask a woman how old she is, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I used almost all of the butter. I used 90%. It's That's so a, I, I on, one, on one sandwich? <laughs> I mean, there, there, no, I made, I, I made two sandwiches. <laughs> I made two. Never ask a woman how old she is. Is the lobster floating? <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's just like congealed. It's got a, like a coat of butter on it. All right, but who's... Okay, we, the bracket, though, is what? We've got New England up against... Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh. So this was a controversial item from the minute that we started talking about Permonti Brothers. Um, <laughs> a couple different um, confounding sort of challenges when it comes to Pittsburgh. In, in the first place, Pittsburgh is... I in my own experience and opinion, a super underrated food city. Underrated city. Underrated city in general. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had incredible um, Italian food. I've had um, unbelievable like um, 
you know, Eastern European, like the pierogi stuff. Yeah, yeah. those are great. Oh, right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, this sandwich I've, I've tried also physically in Pittsburgh, but some folks from Pittsburgh feel like it has um, taken, taken some undeserved shine away from the diversity of the Pittsburgh food scene. Chris Yang, have you eaten in Pittsburgh? I've eaten in Pittsburgh. I agree. Underrated food city. I think that was sort of declared the most underrated food city a few years ago. I think that's like, I think that's absolutely true that's underrated. I think that it has uh, gotten a little more shine than it, you know, deserves. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's gone and swung the other way. Now overrated, according to Chris Yang. A little bit, a little bit. I don't know. Let's dig into this thing. I feel, I just want to point out, I feel really bad that Jacoby has picked up and put his sandwich down no fewer than 15 times. Yeah, we should eat. We should eat. He wants to eat. Let's eat. Before we let Jacoby eat, Jacoby Pittsburgh talks so much. Russell, the Russell Westbrook of food cities, and I really <laughs> feel that you um, just disrespecting a large swath of our listenership. So, Jacoby, you talk you. so much shit about this sandwich, though. Well, now it's staring you in the face. And French uh, fries and sandwich? What are we doing? There's four of us eating, so me and Craig will talk while while Chris and, and Jacoby um, have have their bites. So, Craig, yeah, he, here here is my very first reaction when this when the package arrived i i thought we ordered just a sandwich i thought what we were getting was a sandwich what arrived was really enough food and you you could make a, really a super bowl meal out of this and in fact this might be something that i do it's a talk about an off the you know unexpected kind of offering to a super bowl um party showing up with a platter of promonti sandwiches now you, you know you have to figure out a way to keep the fries uh, hot and let them maintain their their fry integrity. Um, but I just could not believe how much food they sent us. The, the bread loaf is the size of a large baby, and there's <laughs> not enough meat to accommodate that bread, but that's okay. Uh, I, I think you're supposed to cut the bread, as Jacoby said earlier, uh, pretty thick, so it can absorb yes. that, like, slaw. Clearly. Um, it my, my bread, the bottom part of my bread's already starting to disintegrate, not gonna lie. So the whole sandwich construction. So what do we got? We got we have two thick slices of quote unquote Italian loaf. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just like they make in Italy. And then <laughs> we've got two kinds of meat in here. What did you say we got? Roast beef and capicola. Gabagool. All right. Gabagool. Some, some provolone. I've always wanted to say gabagool. Has and anybody then... ever said it? <laughs> I've never said gabagool before. Did I use it right? Is that what it is? Yeah, it is. That was like an insult. I was like you called somebody. <laughs> no, it's, it's just something it's... you yell out when you're mad at somebody. It's like you say capicola and like you say it in a certain kind of, you know, way and it ends up sounding like gabagool. Think about so it. So we got gab we got gabagool. Provolone <laughs> and then vinegar-based coleslaw and french fries. Right. French fries. How's, how, how did everybody's french fries turn out? I feel like the, the idea of shipping french fries across the country and then turning them crispy is a logistical challenge. Did you guys get crisp? Guys, uh, I got to be honest. I got them crisp. I have to come over the top rope on this. Did not enjoy that bite at all. I'm I got what you have. Can I join Jacoby? I kind of this agree. It's not that. good. I don't like, like it. Uh, it's yeah. Sour. It's, well, it's, it's, there's nothing I enjoyed about that bite. I love the city of Pittsburgh. However, this particular sandwich did not do it for me, and I'm not afraid to say it. Sorry to the city of Pittsburgh. I have respect for the people of Pittsburgh. I've met a lot of great people from Pittsburgh. 
black and yellow, black and yellow, chopped up with Khalifa. Nice. And this sandwich is not doing it for me whatsoever in any way, shape, or form. No, thank you. Yeah, man. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I, I go, go ahead. I like it. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'll say? I, I think the saving hard. grace of the sandwich, I like the fries on it, which I know Jacoby doesn't agree with. The whole thing is mush unless you have the crispy fry, which I like. The bread disintegrates with the vinegar. The meat is soft. The melted cheese. I think, and the tomato. We didn't mention this tomato. Uh, I think the French fry is the only thing that like differentiates what the hell is in your mouth when you're chewing. I I, I will say, I think some of what our complaints are am- amounting to reflect our inability to replicate how this thing comes together in the Pramonti Brothers shops, Probably. right? Because they're standing over a giant griddle. They get the meats at the exact right temperature. The cheese goes down. They know how thick to cut this bread. Like we, they, we got a giant baby loaf of bread, just like Craig said. I cut mine like I don't know three quarters of an inch to an inch thick on each side, and 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 then you know slathered it with slaw. Got the fries. Very underrated. They sent me two packages of hot sauce. Did you guys get the hot sauce? Of course. Nope. What? No, you did. You just threw it out. Guaranteed. <laughs> I threw it out. Fine. Guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like Frank's, to I, be honest. I uh, see. I, I, I hear you. I hear you defending this, but I made mine perfect. Mine's perfect. Well, you, mine you looks shouldn't like be yeah, sold out right. the window at Permanent. Well, you Brothers, haven't man. given us any feedback yet. Well, I don't get the thick bread. I don't know why this bread needs to be an inch thick. This sandwich is too like I don't get a sandwich that is that poses a logistical dilemma when you're trying to eat it. Like I just Preach. have never understood why a sandwich should be hard to eat. Like Preach. If you want more food, eat another sandwich. Why do you need one big sandwich that's way too big to fit in your mouth? I think that, uh, man, it's real hard to pick this lobster. It's just, you, you guys started, you guys just made a class war here. I'm supposed to pick between a lobster roll and like a working man stealer sandwich. Here <laughs> welcome, just welcome, like, to, whoa, up like whoa, a whoa, welcome to America. That's, you know this. That's welcome to America. That's a challenge about it. Oh, this is turning to socioeconomic breakdown, which has really made me feel bad about All my right. choice. You know what? Now I love the sandwich. You can put it like that. <laughs> now I love the sandwich. Now I love the, the sandwich. I want to put it in a brown bag and take it to my construction gig <laughs> and get in the backo and not get out of the backo and just eat it in the backo because I had a lot of work to do. The steel workers are pissed at yes. all of us right now, I think. So I, I think that I don't, this is not my kind of sandwich, frankly. It's too so that much. That all makes too per- much. perfect sense. I, I honestly um, only made the tiniest of bite with all the ingredients all together assembled. Otherwise, the, the only way for me to eat this is, is deconstructed. Half you love open, deconstructing slaw. things. Well, I mean, I want to experience all of the textures, all of the flavors, and, and I, I want to combine them. I can combine, I can do a mouth ratio. Jacoby knows about mouth ratio. <laughs> it's freaking fair on Andre half over a here. Bite, telling us all about half it. Half a bite of gabagool, half a bite of roast beef, <laughs> nice bit of, of the cheese on the top, three quarters of a bite of slaw, two fries, bang, I've had the sandwich. The sandwich is in my mouth. How's this big into the analytics movement when it comes to eating? He's <laughs> <laughs> like Daryl Morey of eating. He's just saver metric. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I got but, it. But I got for it. pleasure, for save, pleasure. Saver metrics. Oh, oh saver metrics. Holy cow. Shut it down. It's boom, over. Podcast's over. Boom. Let's get out of here. Let's go Let's home. Let's eat. Uh, we have a lobster Let's roll. talk about this All right. really quick, though. Please. I need I need to address go something. J- Jacoby has a, you got a fundamental problem with French fries in a sandwich. Is this true? They do not belong on a sandwich. I do not need, I, I can, in certain circumstances, do a carb on carb. 
However, I do not need French fries inside my sandwich. Not, never, ever, ever has that made my experience better once. You cannot disagree with that. It's my experience. I challenge you <laughs> to disagree with my opinion about my experience. <laughs> I'm not going to talk you out of it. I'm not going to talk you out of it. But I think that the, uh, the fried potato in a sandwich is a storied tradition. Mm. What's, what story? And what tradition? <laughs> Let's see here. Cuban fritas. Amazing. Just little cr- fried shoestring oh, potatoes God. and crunchy ground meat. Unbelievable. Uh, oh, no. pow, a fried potato ball, a crunchy fried potato ball, and like a little potato bread. Mm. Unbelievable. Don't, don't many tortas have potato inside? <laughs> I don't. Uh, sure. I don't know. <laughs> um, let me tell my argument. Let me contradict sure. my I'm own statement and say this. One thing I do love is like a tuna melt with some Lay's potato chips. On Ooh, there. Potato but, chips but, in a sandwich. Yeah, potato, Come on. Dude, you found it. French different. fries you, don't work, but potato chips different. do work. Okay. I'm big in the texture, crunch and mush combined. Yeah. Yeah. You can <laughs> often add crunch to your mush by adding Lay's potato chips. Specifically. I'm, with I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a crunch and mush guy. So potato chips, okay. French fries, not okay. Thank you, Chris, it, for working that out with me. I now learned about myself <laughs> on this podcast. I feel like we had a breakthrough. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I actually think that one of the problems here is like these are the these are not the kind of French fries I would like in a sandwich. Mm. These are like thick cut, yeah, mm. well, because this thick cut bread, thick cut fries, giant pile of yeah, slaw, this thing is thick. Everything is is big. Everything's bigger in Pittsburgh, I guess. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. All right, this lobster sandwich has been staring at me. Let's look at this. Let's get at, the, at, at this. Let's this go. has been called a sandwich twice, which I don't want to get into this argument, but oh, not great. Sure it's a sandwich. Great, great. Make the argument. Uh, what? All right, I'll fill you guys eat. I, I really don't care whether or not a hot dog or a lobster roll is a sandwich. It's been talked about way too much, but it looks delicious. And I have to say, until you made this into a class war, I was leaning lobster roll. But now oh, I'm, I'm, I'm part of this class, dude. I'm all about this lobster roll. What are you talking about? I wasn't being like, Let's, are we of the people? No, no, no. Come on. <laughs> However, I was surprised. I'm just feeling what you guys eat. I was surprised that there wasn't um, chopped celery or, or add pepper or other things. They literally were like lobster, butter, mayonnaise, bread, go, which I found really interesting. Well, those are the two. Those are the two styles, right? There's, yeah. there's Maine versus Connecticut. I think that, uh, are you saying you don't like that about it or you just were surprised by it? Because I think that that's what makes this a beauty. Mm. I think there's like nothing to hide behind. Simplicity. It is butter, lobster, and bread. It's part of a, it's part of a different tradition of, of like super simple sandwiches. A BLT is nothing. <laughs> BLT is basically nothing. Like a ham and butter sandwich. Unreal. Divine. Unreal. Divine. So good. So you asked earlier what percentage of the butter that I used. And sorry if I just followed the instructions, but I didn't know we were supposed to have leftover butter. And that's really playing into my experience. And guess what? It's working out great. Yeah. It's working out great for me. So you used 100%. I love it. I love it. Yeah, this is a, I mean, 
I don't know who who among you guys has eaten a ton of lobster. Are you guys are you guys didn't we grow up eating lobster rolls? Yeah, I'm from oh, Kobe. Did. A ton of lobster rolls. I'm from Massachusetts, and uh, I've had my share of lobster rolls. And much like the clam chowder, they do vary in quality. When it is good, it is excellent. When it is mediocre, it's okay. But like, there's a high. It's like a draft pick. It's like Jalen Green. It's high ceiling, low floor. It's not Kate Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Kate Cunningham is like a ham and cheese. It's like, he's going to be fine. But this is a Jalen Green <laughs> sort of sandwich where it's like, you could be Michael Jordan or you could be Anthony Bennett. We don't know, but we're going to roll the dice. That's what a lobster roll is <laughs> in New England. That was part of the complaint you, about you rank this one, clam chowder. Yeah, where do you rank this one? This one's closer to Jalen Green, or closer to Michael Jordan. And my this is really, really tasty. Ooh, talk, talk dirty to me, Craig. What are you doing about it? <laughs> Uh, I think the the best part of this sandwich, this roll, whatever you want to call it to me, is when buttering the bread and getting that nice crispy edge on the bread, yes. I think is essential to the sandwich. It, it kind of ties into your crunch and mush. That's the crunch of this mm. of this dish. And um, it's beautiful. It's decadent. I, I love it. Super, super uh, appreciative of the good folks at McLoon's with the, the quality of lobster. Yeah. This is high class. I'm very impressed by even just looking at it in the package when it came. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is this is good." Yeah, I wanted to eat it immediately. I have, a, I have an unpopular, maybe unpopular opinion. I have an opinion about lobster meat. Huge claw guy, not a big mm. tail guy. Okay. Huge claw. Claw to me is you're the, enlightened. Is the purest, best piece of the lobster to me. Well, this has lots of more. nice knuckle meat. Yeah. This is a this is a delight. It's a delight. Man. I don't know. It's a delight. What do you guys? How do you, how are you guys scoring? This is we, this we're is, doing this it by football clear... scores, as you would imagine. Uh, okay. So in th- this matchup, I'll, I don't mind going first because um, we have uh, a genuine expert on the line today. Um, it doesn't feel close to me. I I really do like the knock them down, drag them out approach that the Promonti brothers takes with this thing. Right? It's it is just a, it's giant. They they this is a sandwich that wants to run the ball. They don't give a shit about modern, uh, uh, you know, the modern approach. They don't care about the passing game. Uh, uh, Bill Walsh can go f himself. This is this is from you know this is an old school. We're just gonna uh, try and control the line of scrimmage, and unfortunately, you know, times have changed, and you know we're in a modern era. Um, so I, I appreciate what they're going for here, but this is a, a two score loss to me. I, I have the lobster roll at uh 30 and i have this 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 Pramonti brothers guy at 17 i just googled something on december 8th 1940 chicago bears beat washington 73 to nothing i feel like we're looking at a 73 wow to <laughs> wow <laughs> i'm sorry pittsburgh i love you but this is this is 73 to nothing i agree and again there's just something about i've never ever put butter into a saucepan and then put a hot dog roll on top of that and then put more butter into the saucepan and then turned the hot dog roll over. And I don't think I will ever do a hot dog roll another way for the rest of my life. <laughs> can, can I say what I appreciate with that? Because the instructions said, spread the butter onto the bread and then put it in the pan. But you, like a smart person, just threw that butter in the pan and then put the bread in there to just soak it up. That's the only way um, to do it. Don't be so quick to judge. I did both. <laughs> <laughs> Just a preemptive layer of butter before yes. it got into the butter. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm a hundred percent butter guy. Sorry if I follow instructions. <laughs> Craig, did you did you have was it closer for you? 
you know, I, I had it kind of closer. Or is it a blowout the same way Jacoby and Chris Yang have it? Yeah, so I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. My mom's from Pittsburgh. But unfortunately, much like pretty much every Patriots Steelers game since I've been alive, this was a blowout. <laughs> <laughs> the lobster roll, um, it, it, kills, it kills the sandwich. I mean, like how said, much like the Steelers offense this year, inability to adapt. It's, you know what I mean? The, you know what the, <laughs> most, the most messed up thing about this matchup is Bill Belichick actually texted the Pamanti brothers halfway <laughs> through this podcast. And was like, oh, no. I have you guys going on in the loser's <laughs> bracket. And then Congratulations brothers on brothers wrote back and were like, do you mean to text the lobster roll? And he was like, oh, I fucked this up. I'm sorry. That's what happened. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, no. PB. Oh, no. <laughs> and then the Pamanti brothers wrote back and said, thanks, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Jacoby, uh, the lobster roll moves on. Your mass hole heritage is preserved and protected. Congratulations. We will convene with you next week for the Super Belly Bowl, the Buffalo Wing up against the Philly Cheesesteak. This will be your first time eating a Philly Cheesesteak on the House of Carbs football fracas for the 2022 NFL season. But thank you very much for helping us through this consolation, this culinary consolation belly bracket. Um, always an honor. And Chris, just so you know, we are now best friends. I'll text you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my taste buds, let's move on to the NFC, the high priestess of the perfect palate. Mallory Rubin is joining us right now. Chris Ying is still along for the ride. He's agreed to go through the whole belly experience, thank God. Of course, the potluck producer, Craig Horbeck, on the ones and twos, helping us get through. So as I did, Chris Ying, with the AFC, I want to run you through real quick how we landed at this moment. Um, the Philadelphia cheesesteak is the NFC representative in the Super Belly Bowl. Um, and how we got there was the Philly cheesesteak took on the Tampa Bay. Um, we weren't sure whether it was a Cubano or whether it was a grouper sandwich. It really wasn't much of a competition in the first round. We For Los Angeles, and we'll have this conversation, we chose tacos as the representative food item. Obviously, Los Angeles is... Uh, um, a, a multivariant, uh, highly sophisticated food universe, but we chose tacos. There's a history there. Um, they went up against, sadly, the Arizona Sonoran hot dog. Um, and, it, <laughs> and it was literally snoring. Um, San Francisco, <laughs> and, and we'll get to uh, how we la landed on that. The sourdough chowder bowl, uh, plus an anchor steam beer up against whatever... Dallas purports to offer its brisket, brisket tacos, its smoked meats. And then we gave Green Bay as the number one seed a buy. Brats and curds from Green Bay. The second round consisted of cheesesteaks against the sourdough chowder bowl, the brats and curds against the LA tacos. And we landed in the conference championship with cheesesteaks up against the brats and curds. So the brats and curds beat out the LA tacos. And the Philly cheesesteaks beat out the Chowder Bowl. Now, I, I don't think one of one of those was an upset and one of them wasn't. Um, and the cheesesteaks ha have made their way all the way through. So having run through all of that, any any points of, of concern, consideration from you? 
I, like I said, you guys have already gotten a little grief for your choice of a clam chowder bowl to represent San Francisco. My 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 neck of the woods. Like what what was this, guys? This is not cool. Well, let's this is let's like, have the conversation right now because this will help inform um, how we how we approach this mission burrito. What is the representative item from? Is there is there one? Is I think I think you nailed it with mission burrito. But like clam chowder bowl is like saying like, what's the food of Buffalo? Oh, it's Buffalo. Let's just say that. Let's just, let's move on. That was easy. Buffalo. Like what, what are you guys talking about? Clam chowder bowl? No, I mean, Craig, you're from the Bay. You didn't, you didn't stand up and say like, nobody eats this. Who eats this? I don't, here? I don't know. I, to be honest, I don't, <laughs> nobody I don't love clam chowder bowls. I don't love bread bowls. However, <laughs> the criteria to decide which item we chose was like, you know, is there an identifiable or iconic food item? Does everybody know it comes from that city? I'm not sure on the East Coast if you said Mission Burrito, if anybody knows it has anything to do with San Francisco. Boudin Bread Bowl, on the other hand, perhaps. Craig, that's sure. the point. That's how we that's ended up, how that's how we ended up there. That's not how we ended up To be clear, I, we ended up there by picking San Francisco over <laughs> brisket. That's how we ended up here. Well, Mallory. <laughs> this again, is the original sin of we, this we entire not, process. And it's haunting us still. We'll get Chris Ying. Let's let Chris Ying um, weigh in. I refuse to grant Dallas brisket. I just flat out will not permit Dallas to take credit for for (laughs) Texas barbecue, for brisket, for any of the... There are versions of it in Dallas, Texas that are awesome. Sonny Bryan's is awesome. Pecan Lodge is awesome. But not the origin story. Dallas is not... The creator. Yeah, I, I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta side with House here. I don't think, I think that'd be unfair to let brisket come from Dallas. But I didn't. I, I don't think that's how we had I don't to think look that's at it. Right. You know, this is a fictional exercise where we make up the rules, right? <laughs> Wait, this <laughs> isn't real. Said, what are you talking this about? This is a way to get brisket right into the bracket, <laughs> and this is a way to consume brisket together over the next few weeks. We. We have food integrity here. If we were going to do that, we would have just said pizza. San Francisco has great pizza. Uh, you know, mm. Arizona has incredible pizza. We left out Chris Bianco. That's the best food in, in, in freaking Phoenix and then Scottsdale. Chris Bianco's <laughs> pizza. But we have integrity. It, there's no connection. Chris Bianco is not from Phoenix. He just goes there and makes unbelievable pizzas. This is how we missed mm-hmm. out on Chicago. We we have integrity on here, Miss the High Priestess of the of the Perfect Palette. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I think, when, when, okay, so just backing up to the San Francisco, the Mission Burrito, staying on this for a second, I think it's a great representative. I hear you, Craig, that like most people on the East Coast don't think of San Francisco as a as or the Mission Burrito as the iconic food of San Francisco. But I don't really care about what people in the East Coast think about San Francisco. <laughs> They're all wrong. Uh, I don't think. I don't think the Philly cheesesteak makes it past the Mission Burrito. Whoa! Wow. wow! I don't think that happens. I don't think that happens. I think that if uh, I think that if if you run this back next year and San Francisco's in it, I don't think you're going to start the clam chowder. I don't think Jimmy G's starting. I think I think we're, <laughs> Trey Lance is going to wipe the floor, man. Oh, I think there's no there's That's, no now, way. Now you lost the argument. <laughs> but what about no? Other- I don't think the okay. I don't think the Philly cheesesteak makes it past the Mission Burrito. Um, well, let's all dive in. We have representatives. From, from all over this great country, I am now absolutely committed to getting some versions, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get House Belly off the ground because I had the perfect plan. I had overnighted a box 
to a great friend in San Francisco, one of my own food shepherds, a belly buddy. You know Kevin Alexander. You know Kevin Alexander, Chris Yang? Do I know Kevin Alexander? He, really he ran did food no, for um, Thrillist. He's, he wrote the um, book, Burn the Ice. Okay, yeah, he's yeah, my yeah, homie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's in, in Marin, so he's close by. But he was willing to, to help me with a, with a mission burrito. I'm a, Where'd you get yours from tonight, Chris Yang? <laughs> Here's like how how committed I am to your show, Joe House. It's I ordered myself a burrito from uh, what's the place called Comal Next Door, as though I needed to eat a burrito to be able to tell you what a burrito <laughs> tastes like. Uh, I did it because I was like, I can't lie. What if he calls me out for not having a burrito in front of me? Well, this is nonsense. I, I I I got the burrito, but I mean, did you did you guys all go with what was available? Or did you make customizations to your burrito? Because this is the other defining character defining characteristic for me about a mission burrito. Whether you're at Cancun or Farolito or La Taqueria or whatever, uh, whichever Pancho Villa, whatever you want to be at is the like subway sandwich style conveyor belt construction system where you're telling them what you want in it. So there is like a defined mission burrito if you just order what's on the menu, but everybody rolls through and tells them what they want. Like that's part of the experience of ordering a mission burrito. So did you guys make modifications? Mal and I, we aren't sour cream people. That's the only moderation we made. But is is sour cream? I, I feel uh, so nervous in front of Chris. A crucial <laughs> element of an opinion. Just take a little note over like, here. Chris, like, no. Chris, <laughs> Chris doesn't judge. That's one way to do it, I guess. <laughs> it's like I just gave an answer in class, and my teacher's like, "Oh, interesting." <laughs> is is sour cream required? I'm a sour cream boy. Okay, I just like I, I put sour cream on, yeah, all okay. over it. Well, let. let it's not required. You don't need What's it. What's the but traditional? Run through the traditional ingredients in a mission burrito. Rice, beans, whether black pinto or refried. Your choice. Cheese. Your choice. Your choice. I think that most people probably go pinto. Uh, meat of your choice. I think that like the typical options are carne asada, pollo asado, carnitas, al pastor, some tofu bullshit. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. Some st- some stewy stewy thing. Um. That's that's the base. That's the base. Now, when you make it a super, they're gonna throw on your sour cream and guacamole. If they hate you, they're gonna put lettuce in there. <laughs> but um, that's basically the the whole construction. And then sometimes you'll get it like at the at, like a taqueria. You get other little fancy options. Like you can have it griddled, which whew, delight. So here, here's the challenge. What you just described is a burrito that you can get kind of anywhere, right? That's the burrito. That's yeah. a burrito. You can walk in to Chipotle and do and order it just just to taste in the manner that you described. Um, you can go into many Mexican restaurants all over this country, sit down and order a burrito and have those elements in there. What is it about the Mission Burrito that distinguishes it from the rest of the country? Uh, not much. I think that okay. the rest of the country's burrito is derived from this one. But this, what you just said, is why I think this matchup is amazing. Because you can also get Kansas City-style barbecue everywhere. And when you think about barbecue, there are so many amazing regional variations. You've got your whole hog in the Carolinas, then you know your hill country brisket, and all of these in the Alabama white sauce, and all of these things. But when you close your eyes and you say barbecue, like chances are you're thinking about Kansas City barbecue. And you can get it 
everywhere. You could even get the worst version of it in San Francisco. <laughs> like that's that's so I think like that's why this is an amazing matchup. These are two genre defining foods Love that. up you're against. Descri- each other. It makes me actually think like a, kind of a corollary in fiction. Like you're describing an archetypal character, right? And that's like at mm-hmm. once part mm-hmm. of actually the stature, right? And the iconic status of like a Darth Vader, right? The fact that there are so many imitators, right? right? When you when you boot up Book of Boba Fett, chapter six, changed my life. I won't spoil why on this pod. I won't. I'll just Wait, say- Wait, no, no spoilers. I'm not there yet. One of the best hours <laughs> of TV ever. Oh. And you see all of the helmets, right? It's like all of this traces back to this core nucleus and germ. And it's just like the fact yeah. actually that you can- experience your version of that and find the ways to tweak it to to your liking, but also like have that shared experience, right? And it all traces back to the Mission Breeder from San Francisco. That's that's to its credit, ultimately, I think. This is tasty. I'll just say I love rice in my burrito. Oh, I do too. But I kind of crave that like feeling of not being able to stand for a solid stretch of time after a <laughs> really fulfilling meal, you know? It's like, I yeah. want the pain. It's part of it. Yeah. This is, a, to me, if rice and beans are in a burrito, it's a fork and knife kind of burrito to me. It feels homier, family style kind of Mexican food. Like when I think of going to like a Mexican place with my family and you sit down and you order a burrito, it comes with rice and beans. It's massive. You dig into it with a fork and knife. It's sit down food. You know what I mean? Hold up your hold up your burrito. Let me see what you how you've been eating this thing. Well, I just, I cut off a sliver and I ate most of it, so I can't... <sighs> He has nothing hiding. to show you. He's hiding it. It's, I, yeah, it's hiding this it big. Us. It is the size of a small football. <laughs> that sounds mission style. I think one of the great joys, one of the great joys in life is to hold this burrito that you know, if I peel this foil off, it's just going to dissolve into like a mess. And you just slowly peel off from the top down just a little bit at a time. Just enough that you can eat. You live on the edge where like, oops, I ate a little foil here and there. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but like, that's that's why I think the, the foil is crucial. But I think I think that like both this and Kansas City, like like Mal said, it's like this is this is like the idea of the empire against the idea of like the everyman hero. These are two like total archetypes. Well, we, I love this matchup. We need to eat. Um, some Kansas City barbecue. But before we go there, Mal, on the for the AFC, we ate a Primanti Brothers sandwich from Pittsburgh. And it has French fries on it. Did anyone shout, fuck the Steelers what? in the middle of that pod? Because if not, I'm happy to do that now. <laughs> no, <Okay. that's> <laughs> we, we practically said, fuck the people of Pittsburgh, to be honest. So that we, no, uh, I did know. not say that. We said, that. fuck the hardworking people. I did not. Basically. For the Pittsburgh people, House of Carbs loves you. <laughs> um, but... We are going to get a resolution to the fact that I skipped over um, Dallas again. And not only did I skip over it, but we're cross-conference pollinating here because we have Kansas City from the AFC up against an NFC food in the Mission Burrito. And as Chris Yang has established, these are two mother-effing heavy hitters. If the champion, if the Super Belly Bowl was a Mission Burrito against the Kansas City barbecue, who would bat an eye? Who could argue with that? We are here in this consolation belly bracket because, first of all, Craig and Jacoby have terrible tastes and passed over the Kansas City barbecue in favor of the Tennessee hot chicken. Um, but secondly, because we, I, I'm just not prepared to confer upon Dallas any kind of legit food stature. And I can now, <laughs> the good people of Dallas might take issue with who I conferred my food expert on the ground, Matthew Odom. From uh, uh, Austin, he he's a restaurant food critic, uh, reporter for the Statesman in in Austin. 
and he's a hungry homie. We've been, in, you know, uh, in touch for, for many years about, about Texas food. And I reached out to him and I said, look, we have this conundrum. We passed over Dallas. We passed over brisket tacos because we just couldn't, the provenance wasn't there. We had a hard time establishing that, 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 the, the, those brisket tacos emanated from Dallas. There's a true through line to the story. And you know what he wrote back to me and why we're eating Kansas city barbecue. And it could be because he's from Austin. He wrote back, fuck Dallas. So <laughs> here we are. Now there are many things he wrote, you know, obviously he, he mentioned, uh, me as Tex-Mex for it in giving it credit for the brisket taco. We talked about Pecan Lodge. He talked about, the barbecue place Odom's, the famous barbecue joint in Dallas. Uh, PL Pitmaster has a sandwich there, brisket, pulled pork, and sausage topped with slaw, fresh sliced jalapeno, barbecue sauce. That sounds amazing. Fried chicken from Slow Bone Barbecue. Those are all awesome dishes, right? And if you go to a city and look up the restaurants that you want to go try and eat those, those dishes, that's great. None of them are iconic Dallas food items. And that's why, especially in view of the disappointment I feel, with Kansas City um, choking off the, their opportunity to make it back to the Super Bowl, we're going to just eat some goddamn Kansas City barbecue today, and we're going to put it right up against the Mission Burrito. Anybody want to take issue with that? No, certainly Sounds not. Like no. <laughs> Go ahead. So we're starting. So we 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 agree with fuck Dallas. That's not that's not correct. <laughs> Oh, well, the man. problem is, I my team just changed its name to the Commanders, and my son is running. <laughs> my son is running up and down the the the, the stairs, yelling, "Let's go, commies! Let's go, commies, comrades!" Well, See if I could just get my kids to finally start yelling that, I'd be so happy. I've just been trying to train them for so long. So dumb. Let's go, commies. Let me let me let me let me craft a question as you guys are eating this. Is Kansas City style barbecue the best barbecue in the country? No, nope. third on the on the power ranking. It's yeah, Texas well, style third first, on the power Carolina rankings. style second, Kansas City third. That's my personal power ranking. I have one A, one B, one C, and I also have a confession. The re another reason we're eating Kansas City barbecue is for Mallory Rubin because I deprived her of brisket. She did not get to try any of these beautiful smoked meats anywhere on our food journey together. Mal, I Thanks, did this buddy. for you. I hope you. Now you had to have gotten. Did you get the burnt ends? I didn't. No. Oh no. Oh, you you, yeah. you got ribs. Got we got ribs. ribs. I, I I couldn't remember got the what ribs came in the and packages. The, the peppery I, I sauce. Have, oh, it's so good. Mal, what are your thoughts on the on the KC barbecue? Delicious. I love barbecue. I could eat barbecue every meal of my life and never tire of it. It's one of the great boundless <laughs> joys of, of being alive. Consuming barbecue, smoked meats. I uh, this is as true. is a theme. On these pods the last few weeks, uh, you won't be surprised to hear that on a busy work day, I asked my husband for a little help with the food prep, and he was happy to <laughs> oblige and then happy to eat almost all of the ribs before we even began recording. <laughs> Adam, that rascal. <laughs> rascal. Uh, and, uh, oh you know, goodness. was kind enough to save me a couple for the purposes of this taste test. Delicious. Uh, the, the sauce, I don't love. I agree. It has an interesting flavor, and I like the bite, but I don't know how often I would want to go back to it. It is a, almost assaultingly peppery. So it's Arthur Bryant's, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's uh, very acidic. It's not sweet. Not as sweet as you, like, KC Masterpiece or whatever. Right. 
There's also something else going on there. It's like celery seed is like driving me out of my mind or something. It's so strong yeah. of something. I think it's I celery like seed. I like that flavor. I think maybe what I need to do here, I want to recant my statement, actually. I think I just need to work on the balance, the oh. ratio here of meat to sauce. I did. I tasted the sauce when I went to open it. I accidentally poked my finger through that little styrofoam cap and uh, tasted it. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to put this on any of this. <laughs> I'm not going to put it on any of it. You know what's amazing, though? And this is messed up that that Mal didn't get it. But like those, br- those burnt ends are burnt awesome. Ends. They're insane. The burnt ends are so good. And like, I know that Texas owns brisket. But I think Kansas City gets credit because of Calvin Trillin in, in this restaurant with the burnt ends. Oh, my God. They're so good. They're outrageous. And Mally, we'll send you some because you deserve it after this food journey. And I'm sorry for talking yeah, with my house mouthful. belly. Or? One of the things. Yeah, maybe from house belly. Yes. <laughs> Joel. Joel. Belly. Yes. Um, one of the things about the burnt ends. The sauce is different from the sauce that, that you put on, on right. the ribs. Yeah, the burnt end it, sauce seems right. a bit more like your classic, like sweeter molassesy. Exactly, yeah. totally agree with Craig. I think House, if if it was just the burnt ends versus the hot chicken, the burnt ends would have won. But it's because I think the peppery sauce on the ribs, I, I couldn't, I couldn't give it a victory. I think it, part of it also goes to what um, our our childhoods consist of when it comes to ribs. Like I know what what you know my my childhood ribs experience was: giant pork ribs, giant spare ribs. And Kansas City Masterpiece style barbecue, a sweet barbecue, a sweet tangy barbecue that a kid would like. Um, and that was my orientation. Now, I've been so lucky in life to move on and, and sample all that Texas has to offer, all that Carolina has to offer. Memphis, wonderful barbecue experience in Memphis. Um, but uh, this peppery thing is kind of a revelation to me. So I have not physically been to Kansas City and sat down in any of their fine barbecue establishments and eaten it. And I it surprises me. And I like that surprise. I like I'm enjoying surprised. this more with every bite. This is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. So Mal, we know uh you you are uh in addition to the high priestess of the perfect palate, a um podcast princess and you have places to be, people to see, stories to tell. We would like to get a score from you. Um, we're going to lead lead off with you because you know this this is a heavyweight matchup, and your opinion is vital. I definitely have the burrito as my winner for sure. Oh, I think we're in a shootout here. Balls flying all over the field. The Lions protecting Burrow. <laughs> Only seven sacks instead of nine. <laughs> Stafford's managing to find Cup and OBJ instead of turning the ball over. We're looking at like a 37-34 victory here for the burrito, I think. Yeah. Fun. 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 All right, see money, Craig. I I see the I see the ribs as the San Francisco 49ers th- this performance where everything going on is good. Everything about it is strong. The defense, the talent of the roster, the coaching staff, the scheme all of it perfectly working together. But there's one flaw. There's one fly in the ointment, and that's Jimmy Garoppolo, which to me is this barbecue sauce. <laughs> I can't get over it. I can't get past it. It's going to throw a pick in the fourth quarter and lose the game, and that is exactly what it did to the Mission Burrito. What was your final score? What was your final score there? Oh, I'll give a score. I, I thought this was a, a you know not a high-scoring game, not a low-scoring game, right in the middle, some mistakes, 24-20, Mission Burrito. 
two two close ones. Now I know what I I feel like I know which direction Chris Ying is going to go, but I want to have him establish his rationale. I am going for the Kansas City barbecue, and the reason I'm going for the Kansas City barbecue is is because I have had the beauty of the burnt ends and the entirely different um, barbecue experience those represent. I like the surprise, as I mentioned moments ago, of the sauce on these things. And as I feel like we established over the course of discussing the, the key attributes of the Mission Burrito, I've had that burrito five billion times, and I love burritos. Burritos are wonderful. But it is it, it's, I never think of a burrito as, in and of itself, an iconic food experience. Barbecue transcends. It's the barbecue for me. Wait, what's the score? What's the score? It is a 37-30 victory for Kansas City Barbecue. I mean, just because you've seen the Mission Burrito and had it so many times is not a reason to give it less credit. That's like, I've seen the forward pass so many times. Like, what a dumb invention. <laughs> Who cares about this thing? Now, this is the OG. This is the this is the one. I, I mean, I also, if we're going sheerly off of what's in front of us, like I have, I have the utmost and deepest respect for Kansas City barbecue and barbecue of, of all kinds. And I think Arthur Bryan's is, is absolute like uh, American institution. Um, I think that Gold Belly has done an amazing job. Craig and I were talking about this of delivering these things and like the restaurants that are packing these and doing it themselves and providing instructions and being super thoughtful and how you should reheat these have been amazing. I don't think the ribs. I think the ribs were the trans translated worst of all the things we got. I think the burnt ends were amazing. I don't think ribs like vacuum packed and then reheated in my oven in foil taste anything like getting ribs at a restaurant. Such a great It's point. harder to recapture the magic of the ribs for sure. I, I, I think for the very fact that you said, Joe House, you can get a good quality mission style burrito anywhere. For that fact, I give this the mission burrito, but I think I think like Mallory said, this is a high high scoring. This is a shootout. This is like 56 oh. 53 to me right here. This is a Love big it. score. Love this is a it. big old score, yes. man. These guys are going to crazy. Oh my There's, god. I mean, it's like, like a college overtime game. I love it. Sauce. <laughs> it's like a big 10 <laughs> <It's> game. <laughs> this is the, they just were yeah, totally. This just kept going and going and going. This is four overtimes in college. It's huge. It's a huge score. Nice. I I mean, for the reason that you just explained the vibrancy and vitality, the cultural impact of the Mission Burrito, the ubiquity of it, that, I mean, we have a super belly bowl in front of us and it really feels like the Buffalo Wing, if that's the way we're going to be thinking about it, might have, they might be the favorite going into next week's super belly bowl. But I respectfully uh, accept the, the, the defeat that has been handed out to me here. The Mission Burrito has triumphed over the, the the beautiful Kansas City barbecue. Poor house. He, he's wanted KC to win. He literally brought I, it back on the show. I did. I, I, keep, I really fight for it. I'm really fighting for it. I fought for you, Kansas City. I can't wait to visit you there and, and eat everything that the city has to offer. Um, I want to insist that, that Craig and, and Chris Ying and I um, give out a, a consolation bracket winner here today. Oh, crap. Yeah. You did, did you know that was coming? No, I really was like, maybe Jacoby will have to decide this next week or something. I can't do this. That's impossible. Lobster roll versus Mission Burrito? That's where we're at, bro. I'm prepared. Oh God. I am prepared as well. If, again, like Chris said, if we're basing this on what's in front of us, what we ate today, I loved the Mission Burrito. I did. I do like the Mission Burrito. I don't want anybody to think I don't like the Mission Burrito. But the lobster roll really like 
kicked me in the ass. I thought that was fantastic. I'm, I, I'm, I'm nominating that as as the top dog. That's nice. I love it. Craig, do you have a score? I mean, it, it was a close game. I would say a 10-point victory. I'm going to say it was 36-26. That's great. So, so, Chris, I can go because I have it in the other, the other direction. And the reason okay. for me that I have the Mission Burrito triumphing over the lobster roll, and we got an awesome fucking version. Everything Craig just said is absolutely on point. It was magnificent. It is a seasonal food. I am sitting here in Washington, D.C., the first week of February, and I couldn't be happier about what that lobster roll elicits from me in terms of the things I have to look forward to this upcoming warm season, this upcoming summer, the shore, being on a patio, a giant, uh, you know, Sam Adams or whatever in front of me, and <laughs> the, a, a beautiful lobster roll. That I'm just, I'm probably going to have two. Let's just be honest, because it's just going to be an all afternoon of beers and lobster sitting out there on the patio. Unfortunately, it's February. You know what goes great in February? A mother effing, gigantic, <laughs> gargantuan, seven ingredient burrito bomb. <laughs> Let me eat that and pass out, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah, well, we're location biased here because perhaps for me, it's 70 degrees out today in LA. So I think 70 <laughs> degrees out every day for you. <laughs> We're just confessing our biases. Uh, that's all. Uh, I, I think that that's a perfectly valid justification because weather plays a role in these Super Bowls. I'm just imagining, yeah, it's a winter. This is a, this is a winter game, man. This is the ice bowl. I think it's a, it's a low scoring game, but I'm going to give it for the same reason House did because that the burrito is a year round belly warmer. This is a th- three to two, <laughs> three, three to two, two. Let's go game. <laughs> field Super goal Bowl. and a safety. Lowest, lowest ratings of all time. It's a field goal. <laughs> Beat a safety. It's three to two for the Mission Burrito for me. Absolutely amazing. We've done it. So the the Mission. Look, the good people of San Francisco. Please rejoice. Everybody that wrote to us about choosing sourdough and how stupid that was. And some people <laughs> wrote long. Like I got you know long, lengthy uh, uh, recitations and descriptions about all of the the, the reasons why. The Mission Burrito deserved it. It's it's it, it's in its place. It's in its proper place. <laughs> the Constellation Belly Bracket. You're on top, Mission Burrito. I'm glad we had a chance to to sample it. I mean, re- as much as anything, this whole show is about us us group of friends eating all of this great food from all over the country in the, in the coldest portion of the year, at least for those us East Coasters. <laughs> so thank you for coming along this journey, everybody. It's, it's been a joy, an absolute delight. Are you setting a spread for the final? Oh, that's a great call. Chris Yang, why don't you help us with this? You know what it is. It's the Philly cheesesteak up against the Buffalo wing. And you've it, it given us some some views on both the Philly cheesesteak <laughs> and the Buffalo wing. I've already given you my my extremely hot take on the Philly yeah. cheesesteak. Let me just, re, let me, in case it doesn't get edited out of this, the Philly cheesesteak is fine. The Philly cheesesteak is fine as a sandwich. Joe House, you said it's easy to eat. You can inhale it because it's basically pre-chewed food. Mm. I, that's uh, true. You know I got to handicap this for the for the wing. Yep. The wing is so important. Yes. The wing is a the wing is a thing of beauty. I'm going to say I'm going to say it's uh four and a half Whoa! for the Bills. Vegas so that, zone. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and just like the line of, of the actual football game that's in front of us, the Rams are presently favored by four and a half over Cincinnati. Um yeah, Vegas zone. That that's we took the home home field advantage and and Added on a couple on top of that. Um, Chris Yang, Craig Holbeck, Mallory Rubin. This was a pleasure among many pleasures. Thank you so much for joining us here on House of Carbs. <laughs>